Good morning. Welcome to Jesus and Coffee with Pastor Tom, where we have a little bit of coffee and a whole lot of Jesus. We are in Proverbs 17, looking at verse 21 and 22 this morning. Let's say a prayer and get started. Father, thank you for this day. Be glorified as we study your word. Teach us something new. Draw us near to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so verse 21 excites me because it's one of my favorite topics to talk about in regards to Scripture. It's about raising children. And uh, yeah, so let's get started here. Let's read verse 21. He who sires a fool gets himself sorrow, and the father of a fool has no joy. All right. So we see, as many of these proverbs are, kind of two, two statements, but these two connect. And they're not opposites. They're pretty much saying the same thing, essentially. The one who sires a fool. Now, this, is, this isn't specifically talking about actually making a child and it being definitely a foolish person. Okay, It's, it's literally referring to raising children. All right, raising children, bringing children up. That's the idea behind this verse. Now, there's no joy and there's sorrow when you raise a child who becomes an adult and they're a fool. Now, let's backtrack again. I've said this numerous times. Solomon has made this very clear. According to him in Proverbs, a fool is someone who does not have the fear of the Lord. It is a person who does not seek to love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. A fool, according to Solomon, is someone who breaks the first and greatest commandment. Okay? That's what a fool is. So this father, in other words, has a child who is not seeking to love and honor God first and foremost in his life. Therefore, that child has become a fool in his adult years so he's chasing something else right because everybody's everybody's got a God somewhere everybody's worshiping something and if it's not the one true God then it's something else the material things of this world it's self it's whatever else you can you can come up with anything else it's idolatry it's having another God it's breaking the first and greatest commandment so a father who has a foolish son who's chasing after the world's going to have sorrow. And why is he going to have sorrow? Why is he going to have sorrow? I thought about this a lot, and I'm thinking as a parent myself looking at this. Now, obviously, a father loves his child, and he wants what's best for his child, okay? This goes for mothers, too. I'm just saying fathers because it's specifically referring to a father here. But parents want what's best for their children, Okay, so when they see them make a decision that steers away from what would bring them the greatest joy in their life, it's going to leave that parent to have sorrow and lack joy themselves. Okay, so the greatest treasure the world has to offer, the Bible makes this very clear, the greatest treasure is God himself. Therefore, the greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. If you don't love God with all your heart, as this foolish child does not, there, then you don't cherish God as the greatest treasure. You don't see him as the great treasure. Now, the reason God is the greatest treasure is because he, 
gives the greatest amount of joy that a person can ever have. So a parent who understands that, and their child grows up and rejects God and doesn't seek after God, but they're chasing after the world, that parent is watching their child choose less joy or no joy. And that will sadden a parent, right? That's going to make them sad. It's going to hurt their heart. My child has grown up, and they could have so much more. They could have so much more joy in their life, but they're choosing not to have it. They're either blinded by the, the things of this earth, okay? And they're not seeing the glory of God in the face of Jesus. And they're missing out on true joy. And that parent knows that, that if their child remains a fool and rejects God, they're only going to end up down a path that brings pain and suffering. Think of the prodigal son, right? Think of the prodigal son and where he ended up. And then he eventually came home. And so that's why it brings such sorrow to a parent when they see that happen. Now, what does the Bible tell us to do as parents? What does the Bible tell us we should be working towards for our children? Well, believe it or not, that powerful verse I'm going to share with you in just a second. I'm getting ready to share it. Just hold on. That powerful verse is only a couple chapters ahead of where we are in Proverbs. So we're going to be looking at this verse again. But I'm going to bring it up this morning because it applies directly to verse 21. But that is Proverbs 22.6. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Okay? Now, let's examine this verse for a second. We're not going to spend much time on verse 22. We're just not. Okay, we're just, let's look at this first one. <laughs> this is important. All right, verse or Proverbs 22.6. Train up a child. Okay? When we train up a child, what, is it, what does that mean? That's pretty obvious, right? We're raising our children. We're training them. Okay? When you train someone in something... That means that, that person, as they're being trained, they're facing challenges they've never faced before, right? They're facing puzzles. They're facing obstacles that they need to learn to overcome. And the one training them is there to help them overcome those obstacles for the purpose that eventually they will come out of training their trainer will cease to be with them. They will be on their own. And they will have to face obstacles and challenges in their life without the help of their trainer. Parents, you will not always be there. You must guide your children and train them to face this world on their own. That is one of our biggest jobs as parents. We have to teach them how to deal with the sin in this world, the terrible things, the evil, the good, the blessings, the beauty, the glory. they got to face all that on their own. You have a time period of, you know, we'll just say roughly 18 years to help them get to that point. That is our job. We do not, as trainers, keep them from challenges and obstacles as they grow up. We do not protect them from all of the horrible things of this world because how are they going to learn to deal with those things? They're not. If you shield them and shelter them and keep them from it altogether, they're not going to be trained when they grow up to face the world. You train up the child in the way he should go. What is the way that your child should go? What is the way they should go? It doesn't specify it here. Come on. God, this is your word. Why are you not specifying it in this verse, the direction they're supposed to be going? 
He doesn't specify it here because the entire Bible tells us this. This is the greatest commandment. That is what you should be training your child up in. The foundation is that you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That every decision you make in your life and every challenge and every obstacle that you face, every hurdle you must jump over in your life as a child growing up and in adulthood starts with loving God. You go to God. God, what is your will? What is your direction? What do you want me to do here? God, I need you. I'm, I'm struggling to face this. Carry me now. Help me through this. Give me direction. Every decision I make as I face this obstacle, I want it to be your will. I want it to be what you want. That is how we should be training our children. That is the way they should go because that is what the Bible tells you as a parent, an adult, the way you should go. And if it's telling you that's how you should go, then that's how you should be training your children to go. We should be constantly, every time they face a, a challenging topic in school, they're facing, facing social anxiety with, with their peers, go to the foot of the cross. You go to the greatest commandment. How is this going to tie back into loving God with all your heart? How can I train my child to face this situation and it be built upon the greatest commandment? Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Why would your child not depart from it if you train them this way their entire life? Why, why would they not? How, can, how in the world can Solomon make that statement? How can he say that? Well, he can say it because if you are working to train up your child in the way he should go, that you are helping them face the obstacles of this world and the challenges of this world, not hiding them from it, you're, you're letting them face these things and you're facing it with them with the idea that you're going to teach them to love God with all their heart through that obstacle, through that challenge. If you're doing that, when they go through that experience, when they go through that crucible, that fiery experience where they face that obstacle in their life and they do it with a parent guiding them to love God and put Him first and know that God is their all in all, when they become an adult, they're going to continue to do that. Why? Because it always worked when they were growing up. It always worked. It always worked. God always came through for them. By loving God with all their heart, watching you do it as a parent, as a grandparent, as an aunt, as an uncle, as, a, as an adult, a teacher, whatever, as they watched you do that in your life and they saw God carry you through challenges and you trained them to do the same thing to trust in God as they face challenges in their life, then when they become an adult, they're going to keep doing that because obviously the logical thing is, hmm, it always worked for them. It always worked for me growing up. Huh, it's going to work for me for the rest of my life as an adult. And then they themselves will become a trainer one day and teach the same thing. And that's the whole idea behind Proverbs 22.6. And that's why there's such sorrow that parents have in verse 21 when they don't teach them to be brought up in the way he should know, which is to love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. Okay, I know that's a whole sermon right there, but that's just a lot of important stuff, a really powerful thing. Parents, we have a short time period to get that right. We don't have a whole lot of time to get that right, and we've got to make sure we do it. 
we got to make sure we focus on that for the sake of our children so they don't become fools. We don't want them to be fools. They won't be a fool, which is someone who rejects God and doesn't love Him, if they are taught to love God with all their heart and face this world with God. Okay? All right, verse 22 changes things a little bit. <laughs> I'll be quick with this one. It says, A joyful heart is good medicine. But a crushed spirit dries up the bones. This is some medical advice here, okay? We know today, <clears throat> through science, through medical science, that stress and worry actually has a negative impact on us physically. Not only physically, but of course, mentally, right? It affects our whole body, our whole being. And so, a heart that is joyful is good medicine. So, not worrying, not being anxious, not being stressed, being joyful and being at peace in life, is like medicine, physical medicine for your body. That's what Solomon's saying here. A crushed spirit, a spirit, a person who does not have joy in their heart. Okay, a crushed spirit is the opposite of a joyful heart here. It dries up the bones. It has a negative impact on you physically, mentally. Therefore, therefore, and this is how it links to verse 21, when you seek first the kingdom of God, what are you going to get? What are you going to get? We've already talked about all this this morning. You're going to get a joyful heart. If you're facing the world with God as your greatest treasure, okay, you've been trained up in the way you should go, you trained your heart in the way it should go, then when you face this world and you're faced with challenges, you're going to have a joyful heart. Even in the bad times, you're going to have a joyful heart and you're going to be able to overcome this anxiety and stress. God's going to guide you through it. And you're not going to get as broken by it. You're not going to get crushed. Your spirit's not going to get crushed when bad things happen to you. Why? Because your greatest treasure is God, not stuff in this world, not your physical health. God is your greatest treasure. God brings the greatest joy. Therefore, when the bad things happen, you can still stand. You can still move forward. You can still have a smile on your face, even in the midst of pain, because nothing, nothing can take away your joyful heart. Because your joyful heart is built upon knowing and loving God and treasuring Him. Thieves can't break in and steal that, right? They can't take that. They can take your earthly stuff. But thieves cannot break in and steal your treasure, which is in heaven, laid up in heaven. That is God Himself. Therefore, at the end of the day, as I say at the end of every one of these, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That is the best and greatest thing you can do for yourself and that is the greatest thing you can ever do for your children. Thank you for joining me today. Have a wonderful and blessed day. Seek the Lord. I'll see you again tomorrow. Bye.